It's time for Supply Chain Now Radio, sponsored by Apex Atlanta and TalentStream. Broadcasting live from the supply chain capital of the country, Atlanta, Georgia, Supply Chain Now Radio spotlights the best in all things supply chain. The people, the companies, the technologies, the best practices, and the critical issues of the day. Now, here are your hosts. Good morning, Scott Luton here with you live on Supply Chain Now Radio. Welcome back to the show. Uh, we are coming to you today from Sandia at King Plow Art Center in Atlanta. Uh, this structure is is um, I love this kind of stuff, right? It's got a fascinating history. Yeah. We're at what used to be a, a huge plow factory, uh, and this side has been transformed into a li- uh, live work office commercial condominium, the first of its kind in the city with a vibrant art and entrepreneurial scene. Uh, King Plow serves as a model of adaptive and successful reuse of historic structures, which uh, we are a big fan of, for sure. Uh, the Sandia offices are here, and we're going to touch more on that that story in particular later in this episode. So, like all of our series on Supply Chain Radio, you can find our replays on a variety of channels, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever else you find your podcasts. As always, we'd love to have you subscribe so you don't miss anything. So joining me once again, you might have heard him agreeing with uh, our take on the an- on the uh, reusing of historic sites here, is Greg White, one of the newest members of the Supply Chain Now radio team. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Scott. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's been a great week. Uh, it has. Jumping out of bed all three days this week. Lots of momentum, so um, great to be here. Yeah, this is a great facility, too. It just... I don't know. It just feels good, right? Yeah, and, and this is the first time we're broadcasting here. We've met here a couple of times and, and, and have done some work in this space, and it's got just a, a neat feel to it. Yep. And so if our audience can can hear, we're, we're right in the thick of things, right? We, things are happening just outside. You will hear actual logistics occurring right. outside the window. You just won't hear any plows being manufactured. That's true. So it's been a while. Um, but we've got a great show lined up. In fact, we've got this is the first of three shows we've got lined up here today. Um, uh, in the first of two live shows we've got. So uh, let's welcome in our featured guest, really our host for today, uh, Enrique Alvarez, Managing Director of Vector Global Logistics and also an investor in the Sandia Project here at King Plow that we're talking about. How you doing, Enrique? Hey, good morning. Thank you very much, Scott. Thanks, Greg, for having me here. It's a, it's an honor to be here. Yeah, great to have you. Absolutely. I'm looking. Uh, um, I'm really looking forward after our prep conversations of uh, hearing some of your insights and perspective. It was a, it was an honor to rub elbows with you as part of the Georgia Logistics Committee, uh, Georgia Logistics Summit Executive Committee a couple of years back. But we didn't get a chance to sit down and do this. And uh, I think our audience is going to really enjoy your perspective here. So thanks for hosting and thanks for being here. No, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. All right. We need to get Greg. uh, So to our audience, we usually we try to at the top of every show uh, share some information on some of the top things to know in supply chain. Now, we've got to come up with a really cool sound effect for that, like a newswire or something. Maybe uh, Malcolm and the research team can, can, can help us out with that. But Greg. What's been on your radar lately? What What's some of the top things known in supply chain now? Yeah, so I'd be afraid to start with a sound effect, considering <laughs> the uh, the topic that I'm starting with here. Uh, but look, this is a really interesting topic, uh, and regardless of your views on it, um, it's fascinating. It's uh, it's topping the news in so many 
areas. So uh, I'm introducing the cannabis supply chain moment. You can see why we don't want a sound effect there. Uh, <laughs> so let me start by stating that uh, I, I, have, I wasted my youth not getting wasted. Uh, but for those of you that are curious, like me, about, about this industry, and it is fascinating, uh, let, let me start with this as an introduction. I don't think a lot of people know this. So um, cannabis is legal for recreation in 11 states and D.C., um, and it, that's for adult recreational use. Also, non-THC CBD cannabidiol products, say that three times fast, mm. uh, products are legal in 28 states. At the same time, so this is where the supply chain complexity comes into this industry. This is a really highly regulated industry. So they're trying. With demand, that's also. Uh, demand and completely new markets, mm. right? Indiana just came online in the last couple of weeks. Canada. Can Canada has a tremendous oversupply in products. So they're already big balance issues as well, and logistics issues, as well as legal uh, issues in these industries. So. Um, the industry is really highly regulated. You literally have to account for every single gram of of the plant that is used, including the waste. So um, that that's a the idea there being to keep the illicit and the legal markets uh, separate from one another. Mm. And to give you an example of what's going on in this Please. industry, I, you know what I think I will. <laughs> Canada, just in one year, had 140 law changes around cannabis products in, in a single year. Wow. Right? So a, a lot of that has to do with the fact that the states are trying to maintain legal sovereignty over, over this, and also because there is obviously a conflict currently with federal law. Mm. Lots of laws are changing, and there are laws uh, facilitating the business more and more. Um, but you know what? I think a lot of people are getting... They're getting good results sure. out of some of these products. Some of the, you know, the CBD type products are available probably in your state, wherever you are. Um, it's really because of the regulation environment. You know, if we think about in traditional supply chain, what we face on a day-to-day -day base from from a legislation or regulation standpoint, it seems onerous. But when you think about the CBD and the and the THC industry, it's pretty onerous even before you consider taxation and taxation is substantial up to 40 percent in some states so it doesn't quite sound as fun as your entrepreneur buddy in high school but uh um it's it's you know it's a it's a interesting market and it's evolving and i'm fascinated with it so you will probably hear about it from from time to time so 140 policy changes for the folks up in canada how in the world do you plan a business around it's like a the tariff situation it, here in the state just about so you hear a lot about that about how things are changing so rapidly it's a 22 billion dollar the legal market alone is a 22 billion dollar market mm. today the entire market including the illicit market is 166 billion dollars right now mm. and if you think about what's happening in this industry with things like um health care and health and beauty aids and food supplements and things like that just for the cbd products right there's this is this is an industry poised to disrupt a 2.6 trillion dollar consumer products industry mm. so think about the impact of that regardless of of whether thc products become legal cbd has now been uh scheduled as a schedule five drug which makes makes it l legal or 
virtually legal in, mm. in every single state with some of those heavy regulations, even on some of those products as well. So interesting, like I said, you'll hear about it. Um, you're probably hearing about it now. So I thought maybe we'd start with a little bit of a primer on that, on that industry. I like All it. Right? Yeah. Hey, another fun topic, Brexit. So, <laughs> um, so this is re- this was really interesting. I just read this yesterday. So Bre- Brexit has occupied a space on the list of top supply chain disruptions for uh, several years now, right? So originally it was decided uh, on back in 2016. The actual implementation of it has has yet to be resolved. They're right. thinking now October of 2019 for that for it to go into place. But consider this fact. Brexit alone has caused more supply chain disruption over the last five years than natural disasters and cyber attacks combined. Mm. So wow. 50% of UK firms say they've been negatively impacted by Brexit, and just over a fifth, 22% um, of UK companies say they've suffered from supply chain disruption due to a cyber attack, and only 19% from natural disasters. So that's a big, big impact, right? Mm. So... Um, you know, regardless of what s- position you're in on on that, it's it's a big impact on the supply chain, particularly for the UK. Well, but the UK is doubling down on it, regardless, right? Even today, as it seems as though, right? Yeah, they said 30 October deadline, they'll they'll leave. Right, mm. right. And you, do you know what just happened hours ago, officially? No, what Theresa just happened? May just left. Yes, um, Boris is the new prime minister. Wow, That's right? No, yeah. I did not know that. that. Uh, wow. I believe that took place today. Yep. I'm surprised I didn't surprised I didn't hear about that in my uh commute this morning. <laughs> oh, well Malcolm's not which, filling you in. Which <laughs> which he in, briefs me on the way in, in Atlanta in is always substantial. <laughs> um so look, so th- this is a particular point that um this is a particular point of passion for me this last point and I think particularly poignant because uh of the giving back that Enrique and his company do, but mm. um I, I was at a uh, an event called Venture Atlanta where southeastern companies pitch their company concepts to investors from literally all over the world and it happens uh every october in in atlanta so uh it's a great you know it's a great event to showcase companies but uh last year a a lady by the name of jasmine crow the founder and ceo of gooder Mm g-o-d-d-r um pitched her company and and did a a ted talk uh, shortly after that and you know, one of the things that she said that I think is particularly relevant to us in the supply chain industry is that this is a quote from her TED Talk. Hunger is not an issue of scarcity. Mm. It's a matter of logistics. So think about this. One in seven people are food insecure, and yet 72 billion pounds of edible food ends up in landfills each year. $218 billion in the U.S. alone is spent to grow process transport and dispose of food that is never eaten imagine the impact that an initiative could have both that both feeds people and helps food industry companies save money and that's what gooder mm. is trying to facilitate it's a love that talk about social responsibility right this is a company built around mm. helping companies capture capture their lost cost and donate it to people in need it's yeah. It is a it is a direct logistics opportunity, and I I love the I just love the spirit of what she's doing there. I do too, and it's such a huge problem, and it drives me crazy uh, with all the just we hate waste in general. Right, you know, most people around part of this table here 
hate waste. And when you see, and, and, and a lot of it comes from my upbringing, our grandparents, right, right. you know, ha- went right. through some different times right. and nothing was wasted, whether you talk about different uh, animals or you name it. Yep. Um, and i tell you, my, <laughs> my three kids are probably can't wait to get back in school because they're tired of me recycling leftovers, right? <laughs> After every meal for lunches and, and everything else. But it is so important that we tackle it. Um, and it clearly, and, and, and Gooder is based in Atlanta, is that right? Yeah. Gooder.co okay. if you're interested in taking G-O-O-D-R. a look at them. G-O-O-D-R.co. Okay. Every tech company these days must misspell their name. That is a technology okay. rule. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just misspelled ours out of, uh, you know, yeah. lack of a dictionary <laughs> handy. But no, Gooder, G-O-O-D-R.co. Yeah. And it's, it's it's really growing a business, tackling a very noble mission. Yeah, it yeah. is. I love it. Okay. Jasmine Crow. All right. Thanks so much, Greg. And now we're going to switch gears back over to Enrique Alvarez, our host today. Again, Managing Director, Vector Global Logistics, and also an investor in the Sandia Project here at King Plow. Uh, Enrique, good morning again. Glad to have you here. Um, so we want to start off, first off, before we get into some of the red, the, the meteor things, just tell us a little about yourself. Sure. And thank you once again for having me here. It's a, it's a pleasure. And, uh, and you guys are working on a really interesting project as well. So I thank kudos you. to you and what you're yeah, doing. Thank you. Supply chain now, it's supply chain is very important. Supply chain now radio mm. is a really cool platform to talk about these topics that are as Greg was mentioning, changing the world mm. and will continue to change and impact the world. Mm. So feels a lot cooler in a space like this. I got to <laughs> and, and I said before, and I'll say it uh, during the podcast, uh, feel free to stop by at any time. Consider this your home if you need uh, a place to transmit from. Yeah, awesome. thank you. Appreciate thank it. you very much, Enrique. So uh, I'm originally from Mexico City. I came to the U.S. in 2004. I had some previous experience in supply chain and logistics because I worked for Grupo Vitro, which is a float glass manufacturing company down in Mexico, owned in part by Pilkington back then. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, They had three uh, float glass manufacturing plants in Mexico, and I was in charge of the warehousing at some point. I went down to Colombia almost a couple of months after I started with the company to, to lead their distribution network in Colombia. So we had warehouses in Bogota and Cali, Medellin, and it was an incredible time. Uh, very interesting, good company. Mm. Then I came to the U.S. in 2004 to study B-School. I went to Wharton, Philadelphia. I uh, was there for two years, finished, and uh, came to Atlanta. Uh, so I accepted a job offer with the Boston Consulting Group. Okay. Um, so my background's fairly different from other logistic companies because uh, it's more on strategy consulting than anything else. I had the privilege of working with really good people, the Boston Consulting Group being an excellent uh, mm. school, yeah. uh, very good complement to B-School. And uh, not only had a really good time, but I met really good people, and I worked with very interesting companies. Uh, that's where I met Brian Oxley, my now cr- business partner. In Vector Global Logistics, he uh, has a very similar background. He was more on the financial side of things. He started Kellogg, came to Atlanta to work for BCG. We met uh, working together for a bank down in Miami. Hmm. And as I guess most entrepreneurs were just having a couple beers together. And at some point we said, why don't we just start something on our own? Mm. And, and That always and happens after a couple <laughs> of beers, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. Uh, it really does. Uh, but in this particular case, we actually ended up doing it yeah good um so we started logistics and and the reason why we jumped into logistics is because we found out three things and just remember this was back in 2009 
Uh, the industry is very fragmented. There's a lot of mom and pop shops, a lot of people claiming to do logistics. Mm. Uh, the, the industry uh, was uh, coming out of the uh, recession, so it was pretty oh bad. Right. A lot of companies were going under, which we thought was an opportunity as well. And then the third thing that we really caught our attention is the the fact that, uh, in general, uh, logistics is... is not as professional as we thought it could be. Mm. So uh, you make certain call phone calls to some suppliers around 5.05 in the afternoon and they're gone. You have to start <laughs> calling their offices in Texas and then they call the office in California and then by that time, if you haven't really resolved what you wanted to resolve, uh, it's done. Wow. So we found the industry uh, being ready for, for, a, for a change, uh, especially uh, the culture change, especially... Uh, in what we bring, which is focusing on results, we believe that nine to five Atlanta time doesn't really meant much to any of our clients. Yeah. Uh, we have clients in Germany, we have big clients in China, South America, Africa, the Middle East. You just got back from Chile, right? Got back from Chile. We have two offices in Chile now. And, um, and so nine to five with one hour lunch doesn't mean anything for a client that's sitting in Germany and it's waiting for their products, right? right? You just have to get things done. And so we came across this book called uh, Why Work Sucks, um, <laughs> which is not, <laughs> it's not rocket science either. It's just basically saying, take the time component out of the equation and measure performance by results and results only. Mm. And so we, we went in and... Uh, thought about what that really meant for our industry and for our company, and that's the way we launch it. And I, I, we'll talk a little bit more about that, yeah. I'm sure, during the show. But mm. Why work sucks. Okay. That's yes. Good. That's the name of the title. I'll strongly recommend the book. Our yeah. culture is based on the book, and, and it works. Uh, so uh, going back to me very quickly, I yeah. love uh, soccer. Um, father of two kids that i love very much and i'm having a really good time here yeah. in atlanta it's it's an amazing city it's changing fast and and uh, and i think it's the right place to be if you if if you want to grow a new company yeah what uh your kids ages uh my son's 12 just turned 12 and my daughter's turning 10 on saturday okay wow are they following in your footsteps and both of them being <laughs> soccer stars uh not both of them no uh my son likes soccer and likes it a lot and it's not really because of me pushing him uh although some family members in mexico don't believe me <laughs> uh but uh but it just he just loves the sport and, and my daughter's more of a dancer and singer and actress so she's oh, more nice. on the art side of things and, and my son's more on the sports side of things they're both but in they're the both right really town nice. though hey they're For that. i'm having a blast Love yeah. it. i'm having a blast so what else so kind of switching from your background and give us a, after giving us a sense of who you are both professionally and personally anything let's talk more about vector global logistics you kind of talked yeah. about the footprint and, and how it's grown dramatically, sure. and and um and and not we're not talking a fifty year history, even a twenty year history. I mean, y'all really made a bunch of growth happen in a short amount of time, right? Yes, that's right. We started the logistics in two thousand and nine, and then we officially started our first invoice on their vector in two thousand thirteen. Wow! Man. So it hasn't been that long, uh, although it feels a lot. <laughs> it <laughs> does. does. Yeah. So what are the um you know at its core what uh, how are you helping organizations what's what's the if you had a short i love love the kind of the three reasons of fragmentation and coming out of the recession you know in 09 kind of what uh how y'all were surveying the market if you were to kind of take that kind of succinct short list of how you're helping companies what would that look like 
Sound yeah, like. and and before I even answer that question, if you don't mind, I'll just let people know that Vector is an international logistics company. We're an NVOCC for for some of you that know the figure. It's it's only in the U.S. I've gone to find out, and um, we're basically moving freight from people. About eighty percent of what we do is ocean, internationally ocean. Okay, but we also have some air shipping, domestic trucking, warehousing, and everything that has to do with supply chain including uh, strategy consulting, which is something that we really mm. love to do and we're currently doing for some clients as well. And that's where your experience and your partner's experience with Boston Consulting Group, some of the, and what you were doing, going even back further uh, with the um, the Pilkington-owned company. Well, I didn't get catch that name. But yeah, it was in Vitro. Yes, where you were leading distribution networks. Uh, I'm sure your customers can, that's a lot of been there, done that, know how to, you know, where they can pick your brain and get better, right? Yeah. We definitely use all our expertise in uh, in trying to help our clients. But uh, above all, we come in uh, very similar to what you would do on a strategy consulting project. And the first thing you do is just listen, right? So uh, we're trying to work together on uh, creative solutions with our clients, but mostly by listening to what they have to say and what they want to do and then adjusting what, uh, what our services are to their needs. Because at the end of the day, they're the experts. Mm. And, uh, and of course, we bring our expertise into the mix, but but we try to listen to what they need to do before mm. we uh, even engage. Yeah. Cool. Hey, so real quick, sure. um, how many are you? And tell us a little bit about your role. Yeah, sure. Not a problem. So uh, we're currently approaching 80 uh, people. Uh, okay. We have offices in three different countries. Okay. Our headquarters are here in Atlanta. Uh, but we also have offices in Mexico, in Monterey, and in Aguascalientes. Okay. We have two offices down in Chile, one in Iquique and one in Santiago, which okay. is the newest addition to the to the group. And uh, I was there last week. Uh, we have five people now, but we're about to hire two more. And I hmm. think that there's a lot of potential in Chile. Yeah, that's a that's an emerging economy. I mean, well beyond yeah. emerging mm. now, but mm. very well established in South America, yeah. but definitely growing yeah. and. Uh, our branches down there tell us about how, you know, how the network media market down there is really just tripling yeah. over itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't quite have a team of eighty, but uh, <laughs> we'll have to do one of these down in. Yes, yeah. yes, no doubt. Yeah, you're talking. Next, no. next one will be down no in doubt. Santiago. I love I, that. I can tell you where to eat down there. Perfect. Um, so look, let's let's jump to the heart of the matter. So, uh, what I'd like to know, and I think our listeners would like to know, is is a little bit about your why. So you and the Vector team are really passionate, right. obsessed really with changing the world, right. right? So tell us a little bit about that and and how you're doing that. Yes, of course. And and as you as you said, right? I mean, if you take a look at the team and the composition of the team, we don't have a lot of uh, uh people that come from logistics. So we're not the regular logistics company that has people that have worked in logistics for the last 20, 25, mm. 30 years. Uh, there's a very, very uh, good mix of people, uh, very diverse mm. uh, in both just, in, uh, I guess, internationally diverse, but then also ex experiences diverse. And um, what we're trying to do is we're in logistics, and we all do logistics, but it just that just happens to be what we do. But That's what we vehicle, really right? love yeah. is really to give back, change the world. And so everyone that you ask, if in my team, they'll tell you the same thing. We're here because we believe that uh, logistics is an incredible place to start changing the world. Um, 
the logistics, as you guys know, and everyone that's listening to us knows, uh, covers everything. Uh, everything that we're currently using from the headsets or the microphone or the computer right. or the water bottle that I'm about to <laughs> take a sip <laughs> of um, comes from somewhere else. It yeah. has some logistics component to it. It was manufactured somewhere else. It was distributed somewhere else. So, um, so what we're basically saying is use logistics as a vehicle to help change the world. And yeah. the way we're trying to change the world is basically touching on, on different things. The first thing is, of course, growing a successful business, hiring more people, giving uh, jobs to people, mm. uh, which is something that's definitely changing the way uh, our communities uh, and those families that we have the pleasure of meeting. Uh, the other way of doing it is by working with non-for-profits and companies that are doing similar things uh, than, than this company, Gooder. Mm. Is that the way you yeah, pronounce Gooder. it? Gooder. Gooder. It, it doesn't uh, sound Jasmine. right. It doesn't sound Jasmine right. But Crow, it, yeah. it Jasmine is. Crow. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, Vector is really approaching all those companies that have uh, uh, share our values and our culture because we believe that it's easier to ship a container from point A to point B, but we see ourselves not only shipping a container or a box, but we're actually just giving hope or shipping books or helping people with need or Get supplying fed. food. Exactly, yeah. right? So so it just makes what we do so much more meaningful, Yeah, uh, which, which we like. The other thing, of course, is by um, giving part of what... Uh, we we make to charities or non-for-profits as well that we've partnered with. So, for example, here in the U.S., we have partnered with Surf, and we're giving 50 meals for every container we ship. Uh, we have currently... Five, zero, 50? 50. Wow. Uh, 50, uh, and we currently have fed... Uh, I think it's... Uh, the last number that I sent you guys is 525,000 mm -hmm. meals, but I got an update last week, and I think we're closer to 600,000 meals Wow. Uh, over the last four years that we've been partnering with them. Uh, our goal is to reach a million. Uh, and these are poor families down in Kenya that really need the support. And um, uh, and it doesn't really cost us anything. That's a huge impact for a company your size. I mean, it, uh, we're, know, I mean we're really proud about right? that too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. But the, it, it sounds a lot more than what it, uh, what we should do. We should be doing a lot more than that, mm -hmm. uh, to be honest. And, and the, the approach we had with Surf, and then I'll move on to what we're doing with Mexico and Chile, if you guys are interested. But it was giving part of the containers that we moved through Vector, and then we actually approached, or my idea was to approach our clients and tell them, listen, would it be okay by you if we invoice you an extra amount if you donate an extra 50 meals? And that will be 100 or 150. And then my other idea was to go back to the steamship lines and tell them the same thing and say, hey, guys, would you mind discounting our bill by a very small amount it's uh, it came down when it came to the steamship lines to like ten dollars wow uh, and that would feed another hundred uh families or things like that and that would kind of just exponentially help people and uh and, and we're working on that i mean i've gotten like really good uh responses from uh the some of our clients mm -hmm. because they believe what we believe in and they understand what we're trying to do and then of course the other larger corporations are just harder to convince and right. i haven't really been able to to do that but but it's still part of our plan what um so that was just that was serve your, your work your your partner there is uh serve one s s e r v o n e dot org right that is correct yeah serve 
500 or, or almost 600,000 meals thus far this year. Aggressive goal to reach a million a million meals. The, I guess this year, next year combined. That's a plan. Yep. Hey, you're ahead of schedule, <laughs> right? I like your optimism. Yeah. <laughs> more that, containers, more meals, right? Yeah. That's we, true. That's true. So we have worked. Um, so when we met, you know, I've been volunteering with Apex Atlanta for, for a long time, and we have cultivated a relationship with a group uh, called Rise Against Hunger. Yeah. And they do something very, very similarly. And, uh, in fact, they make it so easy for groups like, um, you know, industry associations and companies to kind of rally around a very similar mission, um, th- which provides, you know, not, you're, not only are you doing something noble, right, but you're also, there's team building, there is camaraderie, there's esprit de corps. And it makes for, uh, you know, rather than, than have a pizza party or go throw axes, not take anything away from those things, but to rally your team around this kind of mission, that seems to be pretty one of the exceptional things around the culture that, that you're hearing, that you're telling us about at Vector Global Logistics. No, I would totally agree with you. And uh, and it's funny that you mentioned Rice Against Hunger because actually we have shipped some of their containers. So they already really? work, oh, really? okay. we already work wow. with them. They're a really good company as well. Yes, they are. Um, uh, so that's that's interesting. So let's you you touched on so that's uh, your partnership with Serve One S E R V O N E dot org for our listeners. Sounds like a great organization to check out, maybe collaborate with. But you're also partnered with a group that is helping kids with cancer. Tell us more about that. Yes, and so this is in Mexico. What we thought initially was. Um, have a cause for the U.S. and then, of course, do the same thing once we open Mexico and then partner with someone down in Mexico that would be more local that could actually help the communities, right? That's where we're serves here in Atlanta. We wanted to do something more local so we could uh, help uh, our community, the community we live in. Uh, so following the same strategy down in Mexico, we partner with Kanika, and uh, they provide help to uh, families and kids with cancer, hmm. uh, kids that are really battling for their lives and it's just uh incredibly amazing like uh, it, you can learn so much mm-hmm. and and yeah. and I wish I could actually have more time to 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 be with them and spend time with them but the truth is uh my team in Mexico are the ones that have the relationship and they're the ones that are uh basically uh, going and and looking at the progress of some of these families in person I'm not that mm-hmm. involved but uh but they do send pictures and they do send emails and it's just mm-hmm. Just the pictures are enough to know that uh, uh, that we have a lot to learn from these kids mm-hmm. and from these families, and, and, and we're incredibly privileged compared to some of the other things that people are leaving. So Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so same thing, same formula, Kanika, and we did the same thing in Chile. Mm. Uh, in Iquique, there's like a small school uh, that, that helps uh, kids with special needs called the Tamarugos, uh, and... It's very similar. For every shipment that we make with them, we donate a part of it to them. And uh, for them, it's slightly different because they um, they use that to paint the school or put a new fence or buy surfing equipment, which is <laughs> what they did last time. Cool. They, they, they use that as a therapy for the kids, which, sure. I, which I thought was really cool. So um, going back one to Kanika in Mexico in, the eight, in 2018, uh, Vector Global Logistics helped 41 families through, I guess, 550 is that chemo sessions that 550 chemo sessions that were. It involves a lot of things. It, it includes part of the chemos, but it also is more uh, psychological support to the mm-hmm. families and how to treat the uh, just 
psychological aspects yeah. of dealing with such a disease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's give us sh- uh, let's make sure folks know how they can they can plug in with this group too. That's uh, Kanika, C A N I C A dot org dot M X, and we'll we'll include the URLs for each of these nonprofits that Vector Global Logistics is working with, and then in Chile it is um, the National Foundation is uh, Conel. Quanil, yeah, Quenil, that's a sorry. national one, and the school. Wait, that's yep. fine. It's a it's a difficult name. Um, yes, Quanil. It's Spanish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been I'm known. not even I'm not even sure if it's just Spanish or uh, could be some. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've got family members get mad at me because every reunion I get the name wrong, Henry or 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 Alex or something something <laughs> simple. So bear with me. But, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> but um, that's spelled C O A N I L. Uh, and so the website is quanil.cl. Uh, Correct. And this is, again, what, what um, Enrique was saying is the uh, a national foundation that promotes the development and inclusion of children with special needs. And that is such an important, you know, we've seen the uh, inclusivity um, get much more attention, um, and, and rightly so, right. across our world. Um, and it's neat to see kind of how y'all are um working and, and helping kids that you know suffer and have always suffered from that kind of um, exclusivity that goes on love hearing this kind of stuff now how long have y'all been working with that, that group roughly uh, since we started in Nikike, which is probably uh, around four years five years now okay wow. all right i like the international reach of it i mean you think naturally about helping here in sure. the states right yeah. but i love i love that you guys are and, and I think um, we're just basically following the market and then following the strategy. And we, uh, I believe we have a, a very unique company and we're attracting incredible talent uh, when it comes to the employees that we end up hiring. Yeah. And then also very cool companies to work with when it comes to the clients that we're getting. Mm. And so uh, I've been blessed, really, just to be able to work with the kind of people that we work. Mm. And, yeah. and this is just the beginning I'm sure. And are those initiatives, are, are they, I know you have a lot of autonomy with your, all right. of your offices, right? So are those initiatives there? Do they select the organizations? Yes, they, the, they do select the organizations. Cool. Uh, so we tell them, listen, this is what's working in the U.S. This is how, this are all the mistakes that we've made. And believe <laughs> me, we've made every single one of them. Uh, uh, and this is what we learned. This is what we're getting. This is what we have done. You guys should probably try to do something similar. And, yep. and of course, People in Mexico are similar when it comes to helping and, and being committed and socially um, responsible. Sure. And so they picked up their own um, their own causes, and we, of course, fully support them. Uh, but these are things that they've, they've picked. And mm. a uh, story with Chile is uh, the person who's leading the Kike office, uh, one of her nieces, uh, mm. has special needs. And so we're basically, when we go down there, we actually see her niece. And that's wow. why we started helping them, and uh, that, of course, makes us really happy. Yeah, mm. love that. That's cool. So uh, we want to go broad with the conversation in just a second. I want to ask you one more question. We'll circle back. Y'all are very passionate about the culture y'all have established since 2009 at Vector Global Logistics, and you shared with me some some prep work. And I don't want to re- reveal any secrets, but one of the things I really liked that maybe you can elaborate on is you kind of had a. Um, uh, a bullet point list of certain key, very specific dynamics that uh, that were part characteristics that were part of the culture here, and I love that. It's very yes. frank. It's very transparent. It's uh, very. It can be very unique, especially when it's really um, 
not acted on, but when it's um, when you can see it and feel it. And you strike me as a no nonsense guy, and what you're telling <laughs> me is probably what it's like. So, can you touch on some of those some of those things you yes, share with of, me? Yes, of course. Uh, and, and I'll take a, a small step back as well. Like our mission is to change the world, as as mentioned before, and that's basically supported by three main pillars, right? One of the pillars is um, our values and our mm. culture, which is very, very important to what we do. The other pillar is our results-based mentality, which is some of the things. It's what the question you asked me, and I'm going to touch on that in a second. And then the other is uh, the sell-sell model, which is how we're growing our company because uh, we are completely against the silo mentality. Mm. We're completely against the uh, against the hierarchical way of structuring companies we're a lot more into smaller nimble uh mean teams if you will sure um but answering your question uh on some of the things that we are currently doing is we're basically saying take the time and place out of the equation right just focus on what needs to get done redirect all your emphasis and all your work back Mm. to what needs to happen and what what we mean by that is again it's it's the nine to five mentality, right? It's yeah. like people spend two hours in traffic because they have to get there by nine. I'm like, why do you have to do that? Mm. Right. I mean, if you just work from your house, we all have a cell phone. All our, or all, all our phone calls are redirected to cell phones. We all have a laptop. I'm assuming everyone has Wi-Fi in their homes. Yeah. Work in your pajamas until 10 and then come to the office when there's no one, uh, there's no traffic. Mm. And that way you won't waste two hours in traffic. You'll probably make 30 <laughs> minutes. You'll be happier. We'll be more productive. The clients will be, will have a better service. Yeah. So we take that time. And then the other is just no, there's no permissions needed, mm. right? There's a very flexible, very fluid culture and everybody works freely. And what I mean by this is, uh, and, and I give you guys a couple of examples of what we've done. Like uh, someone that used to work with us, uh, Bill loves soccer almost as much as I do. Mm. Um, and uh, he loved the World Cup in Brazil. He's mm. half Brazilian, so he wanted to go down to Brazil and, and work from Brazil. And he did that mm. for two months. And uh, clients don't believe me that Bill was not here in the U.S. because he was still answering his phone and his emails and doing whatever he was supposed to be doing. Mm. And um, some Sometimes I even had to send pictures. Here's Bill parting in his <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm telling you, he's not no, here. No, he's really But I'm there. glad that he's giving you the service that you need. And, and of course, he had a blast to the point that I was very jealous, <laughs> uh, which has nothing to do with this. But, um, but that's one thing. Then other people probably wanted to take guitar lessons, and the best time was Tuesdays at 10 a.m., and she did that. And we have someone now that's in Jordan because uh, she's from there, and she's been working from there for the last four weeks. And yep. we have someone that actually wanted to go to Canada, and she's been working from Toronto for this month because it's summer, and they have friends there, and they want to hang out with them. So they don't have to ask me whether they can go to Canada. Mm. All they have to do is make sure that their team knows that they're gone and make sure they actually continue doing what they're doing. Yep. And as long as that happens, then that's fine. Um, the other thing is just... It's a high demand, high control kind of scenario. Like we demand so much of of everyone, us included, these days, right? We have mm-hmm. to play so many different cards, uh, but at the same time, we we're constantly telling people how to do that, as opposed to telling them, "Listen, this is the goal. This is where we want to mm-hmm. get at." I know that your life is incredibly hectic. Just give them the control, mm-hmm. and then the the focus demand, on the outcome. Right, the demand doesn't seem to be that. Uh, crazy anymore yeah um so yeah as long as work gets done everything else doesn't really matter 
and uh, and that very simple mentality has helped us grow from from zero to to where we are now and then again i think that we're just starting yeah love it and clearly uh you have may again i I love great stories of rapid growth especially rapid growth when you've got the type of culture that y'all have where it's not uh, i'm sure it's it's, of course it's focused on the bottom line but it's also focused on giving back while you're you're still growing, you know, as you're still just celebrating, I guess, your 10th year or 11th year, depending on how you look at it. So I, I love that, and I wish you all more and more success. Uh, you've got a, a really unique culture that, while um, it's probably more prevalent than it was, say, in 1990 or 1980, but still there's so many more companies. There, there's so many companies that still do that traditional 9 to 5, I don't care, fight traffic and this non-value-added time, I don't care, put up with it and, you know, um, and, good and, voice for that. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, and and we're and you know it and so laser focused on the bottom line. What y'all are doing to impact these communities in Chile, um, and and Mexico uh, is just um, it is so needed. So I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Um, all right, so let's go broader with this with this as we kind of uh, move into uh, the, the second half here. So, what supply chain trends or challenges have you been tracking more than others right now, Enrique? So um, when it comes to supply chain challenges, the one thing that most people have been talking about are the tariff wars with China, mm. right? That's right. That's been uh, very critical for some of our accounts. It's been very critical for a lot of companies out there, and I know that everyone's really just paying attention to whatever the next tweet might be. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was China <laughs> first, it. then Mexico, which also a big impact for us. Mm. Um, uh, thankfully, China is now, uh, I guess, clear for the most part, and I hope I'm not jinxing everyone by saying <laughs> this out loud. Uh, and 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 Mexico, it seems that it's also under control, and there was no uh, closing of the border or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I think that, I think Mexico handled it really well, all things considered, mm. right? Mm. It, it's hard, right? Because you're seeing uh, from a so to answer your question, it's more political than anything, I believe, and. And, and it's interesting to us, uh, everyone that's probably in, in logistics, uh, as the world is trying to become more nationalist, and you see this in the U.S., you see this in the U.K. with the new prime minister, you see this in Mexico, you see it in very different countries that are electing uh, their presidents or prime ministers to be more nationalistic-minded. Mm. Uh, yet, uh, technology and logistics and supply chains are more interrelated than they have ever been. So yeah. the world's getting smaller, whether politicians like it or not. It's yeah. it's going to be hard to go against that. Yeah. Well, I think look, I think you can be proud to be from your country and right. still be tightly integrated with other countries. I mean, yeah. it, it's happened right. for centuries, right. eons, really. Yeah. So. I, I think, what do I want to say here? <clears throat> I, th- I think there is an opportunity to be so much more practical when it comes to our politics and, and, and so many policies. And that, I think, is one of the missing opportunity, and it's not unique to this administration. I think it, it is um, – there's not enough practicality in our government. And I, I think if, if – you know, if – I think if, if our policies were devised and executed, much like supply chain and, and logistics right. are devised and executed, mm. and, and, the, and, you know, this gets from point A to point B when it has to at the right price, at the right – all the all this stuff that makes up what we do, if we could apply that, to how we run other things, we'd all would probably be in a much better spot. But I, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and there's some other dynamics that are that are make this 
equally as challenging. So, well, you went there. Uh, I took guts, man. I, well, you know, <laughs> tiptoed tip I mean, into it. Yeah, we, yeah, that's that okay. Was very, that's okay. Very politically well, well managed. Yes, well managed. <laughs> well managed. Diplomatic. We can say very diplomatic. diplomatic. Yeah. Yes, we. You know, we try to um, we try to steer clear of politics here on Supply Chain Radio. But I, I think. Well, but you can though, right? Because at the end of the day, regulations. Uh, have a lot to do with supply chains and how companies work and what we're allowed to do. So at some point, it just really doesn't matter. And and again, it's not about whether you're on one side of the aisle or the other right, side right. of the aisle. It's really just more about we're all in this world together and just listening to facts like uh, the one Greg mentioned when we started about hunger not being the pro- hunger is a logistics problem. Right. Mm. Uh, and that's that just. What a great statement, feels, by the way. That just feels wrong, though, right? And as, yeah. as, as a human being, for, forgetting that I'm. American now, it was Mexican, whatever. Yeah, it's just there's no nationality behind that. It's like we're all together. If we're wasting so much and someone else is in such a big need, there's just there's Solve not it. right. There's something yeah. that we can do for sure, and 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 if we don't do it, someone will do it, and if not, nature will do. It. I mean, there's there has to be a balance at some point. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Yeah. So I know Greg's got a couple of questions ab- yeah. around this project here, but before we go there. Tell us, please, how folks can get in touch with you and get in touch with Vector Global Logistics. Yes, of course. So the best way of actually getting in touch with us would be you can shoot me an email uh, at enrique.alvarez at vectorgl.com. The other way of getting in touch with us is through our social media and webpage at vectorgl.com. Also, uh, please follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn. We have a big presence on LinkedIn as well. So that could be another way of getting in touch with us. And if I may, just one more thing. Mm. Um, we do, we're growing really fast. We we do uh, need good people. Uh, and so we're always open to meeting new people. So if, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're somewhat interested in what we're doing and the culture we have, please, by all means, just reach yeah. out to us. Because, uh, again, we're, we have aggressive plans to double the size of our company next next year. Mm. And uh, and we need people that really understand what we're doing and, and what we stand for. Mm. Love that. And I th- what I thought you were going to mention, uh, besides all those opportunities, is a great thing. I apologize. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the bur- the, um, isn't there a weekly or the a craft, monthly? Craft oh, brew wow. Brew. Now you're making yes. this public. Wow. <laughs> we, could, well, we, we could wind up flooding some That's some an opportunity brewery. to engage with. I, I mean, I think yeah. those types of informal things. Um, when done well, like y'all have done, because you've been doing it for a, wh- a while, um, it gives you a chance to plug in with companies that have these these very um, forward thinking, hey, forward thinking <laughs> cultures that are that are moving the needle. And I think that that you know, if you're hiring, uh, like we we're talking on the front end over a beer, you, you never know what might yeah, it's uh, the pull craft, people out. The craft brew crew, the yes. Vector craft brew crew. So. I would not tie it directly to Vector because it's not necessarily <laughs> Good point. Uh, Vector. Good point. No, this is <laughs> just right. something that came the about of the, right of the order, right. not the company. No, this is something that came about from the Georgia Logistics right. Summit, and uh, and Greg was uh, actually one of the founding members, Ed and Joseph and um, Rob Dylan. Rob Dylan out there. So uh, we just started hanging out once a month, yeah. uh, having a beer or two at a small microbrewery, microbrewery yep. here in Atlanta, yeah. and then just grew from there. And yeah, we're doing it like almost every other month or so, and we just go jump from one microbrewery to the next and have a good time and yeah. love it. talk about business and uh, good ventures as well. Yeah. So if you're interested, right, Enrique, Enrique <laughs> takes care of the invites. 
Well, um, thank you for delegating so, that yeah. to me. I would it's, have said Greg is <laughs> as capable, if not more, plus has more time in his yeah. hands right now. Yeah. So uh, feel free to reach out to him as well if it has to do with the yeah, uh, that's craft true. That's true. Uh, feel brew free. crew. But, but understand that this is not, this is not, I mean, the, in the, <laughs> The express purpose of well, the express purpose of this is not a business discussion. Right? It was, no, not it was at because all. we didn't get enough time to talk about mm. other things, and they and we were dealing with really interesting Correct. and special Correct. people. So, if you feel like you're an interesting and special person, yeah, yeah reach out. Bring a spotlight, a bunch of scrambling, <laughs> bunch of scrambling. Kidding <laughs> uh, aside, uh, so vectorgl.com, social media, they're hiring, they're doing a lot of great things to move the needle in our communities, and. They've get, they're, they're aggressively growing. Uh, as Enrique mentioned, they're uh, aggressively looking to double the size of business as early as next year. So lots of opportunities and the culture. Uh, their work doesn't suck because they have <laughs> intentionally right. tweaked their That's model right. to in, right. embrace what what appeals to so many people these days. So um, so let's talk about the, uh, the, the other project, uh, where we are here today. This, beca- this, is, this is a particular passion for me. So... As you know, some of what I do is ad- advising small tech companies or um, supply chain companies as they're going through growth phases. And so w- whenever someone commits to something like what you're doing at Sandia here, um, it's exciting. Th- there need to be more opportunities to nurture, uh, to give companies place, and to and to give companies guidance as they grow. And Sandia is, I'll let you go into the detail, but Sandia is sort of that um, you know, your your passion uh, toward that. So tell us a little bit about this amazing, really cool place, right? But also what you hope to accomplish with this. Sure. And this is, uh, this is an idea that came about um, probably two years ago, and we implemented it last year, and we just recently finalized it to the point that we haven't really officially opened it. But uh, but I'm, I'm glad to, to say that we launched our webpage um, last week. Nice. Uh, uh, WorkSandia dot uh, com. Yep. Um, so, what Sandia is all about is a, a mix between a co-working space and an incubator. We we it's it's headquarters here at Kingplow. Kingplow is a very eclectic, amazing place to be. You have all the different kind of companies. You have marketing. You have uh, design, photography, dancing. Uh, you have the theater, um, concert venue, um, and. Uh, Great restaurant, a, a rare, good restaurant, yeah, <laughs> yeah, very good restaurant. So, um, so we uh, we love the area. We've been here uh, for for the entire time since we opened Vector, and uh, well, in, since we've been in logistics uh, in two thousand and nine, and we've seen this area revitalize. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, the last couple of years for the uh, West Midtown area, it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. They've been opening a lot of restaurants. They've been uh, building. There's a, a the belt line's going to be around here. There's uh, a couple of really cool buildings here, and so we said, well, there might be a need for entrepreneurs to come here and try to try to change the world as well. And what we envisioned was to uh, acquire three units here at uh, the Kink Plow Complex. Uh, so we have three units. Uh, one of them's already fully rented uh, by a very interesting company called Hungry mm. uh, at TryHungry.com. They're uh, amazing and tr- uh, very Interesting idea, really good company, amazing food. Uh, and uh, the other one's used by Vector Global Logistics right now. And then the third one is where we are right now. And this will be the uh, the main hub for uh, entrepreneurs to come here yeah. and work out of uh, this India. 
Cyndia unit. Um, the main difference, again, very briefly, it's just uh, between a co-working where you would just go there and work and, and have a good time and it's a nice building and that's it, and uh, an incubator where you actually get a little bit more mentorship and a little bit more feedback. We'll be like right in the middle. Uh, we're committing to giving some of our time and expertise. And for this project, I partnered with uh, Joaquin. Uh, and, and you can read his bio online as well. But he's a, he has an amazing track record, uh, especially in retail. But uh, he's also a very smart individual. So we mm. can bring companies here, let them work from here, mm. share some of the resources that we already have, and then also provide some mentoring. And then if the opportunity ar arises, then also some financing and right. things like that. Right. I think it's, it's a neat cross between the big... Right. incubators atdc right uh, you know the here we in atlanta work, the, the we works right the and, and the we works where it's really just a co-working space correct right and and it allows a company to get off the ground start with you know if you think if you look at a over desk here, right, right or a right. desk or, get, or share get to a even. bigger right. get to a bigger space and then and then you've got additional spaces that can host bigger companies correct. as well so it it look Enrique and I have had a, the chance to talk about this, and one of the things that you see in incubators is they're typically set up either for that sort of um, one-person or small-person company, or they're set up for the larger companies, and, and um, very often they don't facilitate both well, and I think he's got a good opportunity to facilitate both well here in this space, and it is. It's a really cool space. Right. The um, the other thing that's probably different to some of the companies out there is just the uh, membership structure that we are trying to implement. So it'll be, we really want to control what companies come here because we want to have like a really cool, uh, committed, hardworking, passionate entrepreneurs working here. So we want to have a say into like who gets to be part of Cyndia. Yeah. Um, so uh, so it's not a hundred percent open to like whoever can pay. It's really. I feel like, like you're letting me down easy here, Enrique. You're gonna keep me out. You, you <laughs> no, don't let the heat. He already Wait a minute. You. I already <laughs> right. I already told you from the very beginning that you can work from here anytime you want. Clay as well. Yeah. Hey, Clay. That's right. Club. So no, it's 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 a new venture. We're very excited about it. And uh, if you know me, uh, and, and if you've worked with Vector before, you'll you'll know that it's all about people, right? So yeah. we're all about people. This is a really great excuse to meet new people and meet good people and and try to come together and figure out things and solving some of the issues that the the community has yeah. mm. no shortage Por qué um, sandia? well that's a really interesting question i'm glad you asked me and uh do you want the answer in yeah, spanish uh, yeah. Uh, yeah yes please yeah. Por qué sandia? no um so sandia uh because it's a it's a really good fruit. I love the fruit very much, but it's watermelon. Watermelon yeah. in English. I should have yeah. started by that. <laughs> Thanks for helping me out here, Scott. Uh, he's been an he's amazing. A he's a trained translator. No, he's great. Should you speak Spanish too, Scott? Un poco, <laughs> un poco de español. Bueno, podemos hablar un poco de español. But sandía, because it's a it's it's fresh, it's new. Everyone likes it, and uh, all the seeds are like to come together to make this amazing fruit and uh and, and we believe that it's also colorful and inclusive because mm -hmm. uh, you'll find a watermelon or sandia can be shared by anyone and and that's one of the other big things here at sandia which is uh, completely open uh to minorities we welcome uh people and we actually are pushing uh to help uh 
people that are employed don't have as much support as others. So like uh, uh, minorities in particular, yeah. uh, immigrants in particular, like there's tons of entrepreneurs out there and, and we just want to make sure that everyone gets a fair share and we we'll want to help people that might not have have the same tools. I love watermelons, so that there I had there. to ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love, I love that 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 um, that latest wrinkle in y'all's mission. I mean, it, there's a lot of give back, yep, baked into the model, and baked in by extension with this this project here where we are. Uh, and you can learn more. Listeners can learn more at worksandia.com. Right, work s a n. That's correct. DIA.com. Yeah, I just have to go in, and there's a part of the webpage that you can send us a, a, a message. So please do so, and we'll we'll be responding uh, any requests. Uh, okay. That way. Some really good folks getting in, involved yeah. in in helping these companies as well. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Greg, what do we what do we miss today? Oh my gosh, uh, we, we need to talk about some events and things. Don't we, we do need to talk about some events. I want to first thank uh, Enrique Alvarez once again, managing director of Vector Global Logistics as well as one of the investors in the Sandia project here at King Plow. Uh, and again, I know, I know we've, we've beaten it like a dead horse, but there's no shortage of um, that noble mission element that's baked into the things that you're a part of. So yeah, I admire that, Enrique, and it's great to finally sit down and, <laughs> right. and have a meaningful conversation. I know. Yeah. This was actually very interesting, and, and I really appreciate you guys having me here. And uh, thank you. Thanks for what you're doing because it's also very important for our community. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, we will be back, and we're going to have you back on, and we're going to check back in on, on what uh, Vector Log- uh, Global Logistics and Sandia is up to uh, just down the road a little bit. Perfect. Okay, so Greg, we've got some. Th- we've got a busy calendar, and and it's, it's ever time growing. It is time for your quiz. <laughs> so, as always, we want to invite uh, our listeners um, and members of the Sapatino Radio community to come check us out in person, or have us to your customer conference, or your trade show, or your industry association uh, event. Um, so, do you know what is the very next uh, conference we're going to be at, Greg? I do know that Scott. Would you like me to say? Please, yeah. <laughs> Your best radio voice. Okay, Scott, it is the 2019 AI AGSCAC Supply Chain and Quality Conference. That is the Automotive Industry Action Group mm-hmm. and the South Carolina Automotive Council, September 12th and 13th in beautiful North Charleston, wow. South Carolina. Man, we're in good hands. How was so, that? Was that okay? <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> so that is, as Greg mentioned, that's going to be all about the world of automotive. Uh, they're expecting probably... Uh, 250, 300 folks uh, from uh, all the a lot of the major players uh, from the automotive world, especially in the southeast. I just had a reconnect with Amy Tinsley over there, um, uh, part of the, uh, the the hosting committee, and they've got a great agenda uh, that is uh, continues to grow. So we're going to be broadcasting live, sponsored by our friends at the Effective Syndicate, uh, one of our favorite people in the world, Bo Groover. Bo Groover. He will be on site with us, uh, so we look forward to that. Uh, and then you get past um, that event in September, and we flip the calendars in October, and we're going to be with Jason Moss and the Georgia Manufacturing Alliance leading a panel and broadcasting live at the Georgia Manufacturing Summit. Now, Greg, do you know, first off, that's October 9th, uh, and our friends can find more at georgiamanufacturingalliance.com, but do you happen to know the two keynotes that were just finalized um, last week? Wow, that's that's a tough question. <laughs> well, you know no, why? I don't. Well, I'll tell you one. It's not me, is it? So, <laughs> as far as I know, not, the invite's <laughs> in the mail. I think, no, Stuart, Stuart Countess, uh, who oh, right. uh, Chief Administrative Officer, I believe is his That's title, right. uh, for the Kia plant down in West Point. Right. 
And if you remember, or if our listeners remember, the Super Bowl, uh, the Telluride commercial, right, that mm-hmm. got people, got some juices going. is all about kind of the, the West Point community. That's a great-looking rig. Yeah, well, it, it's flying off the shelf, so yeah. to speak. Um, yeah. And they have a uh, uh, ton of orders coming in. I don't think they can quite – I don't want to – they have a great They have operation. a lot of orders coming in. They have a lot of orders coming <laughs> in. And, you know, before the Telluride came on, when I toured that plant down there at West Point, they were turning out a new Kia, I think, every 53 seconds when they were oh, at wow. full production. So imagine a, a huge new program where demand is off the chart. I can't imagine how that's, you know – uh, impacting operations, but right. what a great Georgia story! What a great um, automotive industry story! And Stuart Countess, we're going to hear from him on October 9th as part of the Georgia Manufacturing Summit. So again, GeorgiaManufacturingAlliance.com. dot uh, com. We're going to be in Austin, Texas. Do you know? You have to know EFT. where, Greg? Yes. Yep. And what what is Lovely. that? Uh, I I for transport, November seventh yep. and eighth, uh, in. Uh, it's their CIO form in Austin. Logistics CIO, that's right. Keep it weird, Austin. I think so. <laughs> I keep saying that, and you don't know what that means. I have no you? idea. You have to be from Austin to get that. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I, I feel like you, you've been cheating, and I've been looking over my shoulder at some answers here, because when we gave you this quiz a week <laughs> or two ago, I think you scored a 17, <laughs> and that is not on a scale of 20. That's yeah, that's okay. That's, scale. Those, that kind of performance got me out of college. So yeah. Not into Wharton, but out of college. <laughs> All right, so I'm scared to ask about the backstory of Keep It Weird Austin, so I'm going I'm to glaze right on past that. But we are really excited about expanding our, our partnership that we have with EFT and the IFRA Transport team. We enjoyed the uh, 3PL uh, and Supply Chain Summit here in Atlanta, uh, home base, in June. And as part of our, our second phase there, we're going to be in Austin, Texas, at their Logistics CIO Forum November 7th through the 8th, 2019. And that is our, our broadcast there is available for sponsorship we've had some interest there we've got some current conversations going on but that's one of my favorite parts you know to go out to the trade shows to have conversations like this here which are meaningful with folks that are doing things in the industry but do it 10 times a day and right there in the middle of all that energy yeah, that's yeah right. it's yeah. fun to do that that's where some of the secret sauce is okay and then one last announcement uh it's not as much as as uh, new as it was just last week but modex 2020 we're really excited mm-hmm. about broadcasting live partnering with them but broadcasting live as part of that uh, at one of the largest supply chain trade shows in the country. We'll be there all four days, and as a as a really a sweetener as part yeah, of the partnership. That. Yeah, we're we are um, going to be holding our second year 2020 Atlanta Supply Chain Awards, uh, and Modex is going to host that at the Georgia World Congress Center. So really excited about that. Uh, I think they're trying to that they aim at pulling in 35,000 folks from across the industry for uh, Modex 2020. And you can learn more at modexshow.com, M-O-D-E-X show.com. Amazing show. They set up practically entire factories. Yeah, it, re- it really is uh, on a different scale. Yeah. Okay, so once again, big thanks to our, our outstanding guest today, Enrique Alvarez, uh, with Vector Global Logistics and with Sandia. Uh, check out the space we're here now. We'll be here all day uh, doing three shows. We appreciate your hospitality and your hosting. And look forward to having you back on Enrique. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll include all those URLs for your companies and some of those initiatives in the show notes. Greg, thanks for being back. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. We're just baking. You're going to be up to 10 episodes a week. Man, I hope to uh, to uh, get, get over the top on Elba at some point. But I guess it's unfair <laughs> since I'm a host. Well, so. you know, we, we need to have her back. And we need to have her back. we got to keep uh, that count going. show me 50 yeah. uh, dot org, which yeah. is a, or 
outstanding organization that touches on some of the things you that you spoke about, Enrique. In fact, if you have not met, we'll have to get y'all connected. Yeah, please do yeah. Uh, facilitate yeah. an introduction. Yeah. I would love to meet her. Yep. All right, so be sure to check out uh, other upcoming events, replays of our interviews, other resources at supplychainnowradio.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, all the other leading sites where podcasts can be found. Be sure to subscribe so you don't what? Miss anything. Or so you can increase your supply chain IQ. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I love how you've been sharing that in social media. <laughs> Hashtag supply chain IQ. Right? That's right. So on behalf of the entire supply chain radio team, this is Scott Luton in wishing you a wonderful week ahead. And we will see you next time on Supply Chain Radio. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.